0: action fanatics after four reschedules we are here it is episode 66 of the bulletproof podcast chris the brain and chad cruz with you and joining us chad he's back once again and this is a perfect episode for ryan campbell it's ryan campbell yep it seemed like one that i feel like was catered for me and we can
1: make a whole adventure uh epic movie just about us trying to get this podcast recorded
0: yeah this uh quest was almost uh, similar to the one that uh our hero goes in and and crawl chad cruz
2: yeah i was gonna say uh the odyssey Yes, but but Krull might be right. more fitting since we're talking about this movie. It
1: was like was Sisyphus pushing that
2: boulder up a hill. That's what
0: this was like.
2: Uh, I think it's syphilis. <laughs> no, it's very. Well, we know
0: We know you've battled with that in the past, Chad, and thankfully you came out good on the other end. And the hopefully, we'll come out good on the other end of this yeah. podcast. Uh, but some news since the last time we joined uh, everyone here in Podcast Land. Uh, I guess we'll start with the sad news that uh, hit this past Friday, Uh, word broke, the great and legendary Fred Ward has passed away, and uh, I know, Chatty, it was a big part of some of your favorite movies, including the uh, Tremor series.
2: Oh, yeah, I always loved them in the Tremor series, you know, grew up with the, especially the first two, Uh, and then, you know, as I got older, I kind of watched some of those later ones, but. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he has such a like, kind of an iconic look to him. Like when I think about some of my favorite Fred Ward movies, you know, uh, Dirty Dozen and stuff like that. And then you got like when uh, I mean, he played Joe Dirt's dad. Right. Uh, I, for some reason, I always thought that was great. That, <laughs> I was going to say he would play a role like that. Really that off he for did.
0: Years. Yeah, I mean, he was in Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. Uh, I Think Un- uncommon valor.
2: uncommon valor i just (laughs) i just watched that again about a month ago yeah Yeah. that's a that's a yearly watch for me
0: and uh the more unsung time rider the adventure of lyle swan but of course for me yeah uh remo williams the adventure begins uh, just one of my probably in my top 10 action movies of all time you named your dog Uh, remo i named my dog remo for that movie and uh obviously fred ward brought that that character to life on the big screen um you know, based on a series of books. So yeah. And I think there may hear Remo in the background, barking at, <laughs> like, barking at someone right now, for, perhaps, for perhaps, perhaps the spirit of Fred Ward,
2: um, <laughs> throwing one out for old Fred. I
0: thought it was funny. I saw it on Facebook. It was a
1: tribute, you know, and it had like four pictures in the box kind of thing. And they were all just from trimmers. And I was like, he did other things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he did a lot of things. And, uh, obviously you know just another one of those really like you said chad you just had that look he looked like a he looked like a man of action he yeah he was a man's man and uh sad sad news um uh, but uh 79 years old long life um that's we, will miss fred ward. we will miss yeah. fred ward um but uh his movies i'm sure we like you said you you watch on Uncom- uncommon Valor. i love calling it uncommon <laughs>
2: yeah that's terrible it
0: sounds very fancy no, it's valor, uncommon valor. That was one of my my dad had that uh, on beta, um, and I was like, "Oh, dad's watching his uncommon valor tape again." Um, did,
2: did I ever tell you about my recording of that movie?
0: You, I don't think so. It's probably okay. behind some kind of porn or in between. <laughs> no, like that, the uh, sexy stewardess movie or something. That was a different Skin one, but oh, okay.
2: That one I had I had recorded it off of television, um, and. You know, you you try to hit the record and then stop during the commercials and stuff. Oh, okay. yeah. and that was the that was one of the few successes that I had doing that. Okay, so I was very pumped. But then, right as the movie starts to to come to a conclusion, with about six minutes left in the film, you ran out. I, of tape. I ran out of tape. Oh. So my entire childhood, I did not. You didn't know the ending. I didn't know how it ended. And I might have watched it that very first time, but I I what for whatever reason I could remember. Maybe my dad recorded. I don't I don't remember the exact case, but. Yeah. But for, for many years, I did not know what happened in the last several minutes of the film. Um, of course now I've got it on, uh, on DVD or something. I forget what I have. I don't think it's on Blu-ray, but DVD and, uh, I've seen it a million times, but yeah, it's a great film. And, and, you know, with, with other, uh, with streaming options and, and Blu-ray and stuff like that, you don't get these cool stories.
1: The best is no. when you don't even you don't even know what you're missing. You're like watching it on TV one day yes. or streaming. You're like, I don't remember any of this.
2: <laughs> right. The first time I saw Shane Black telling those jokes in Predator, I was like, What am I seeing? Because I'd only I had, my tape was recorded off of television, so mm. those jokes weren't in there. So right, like,
0: no, they they weren't uh, TV appropriate <laughs> jokes. They were not. All right, well, other news and happier news. The Canon Film Guide Volume 2 is out, for those of you interested. And, of course, uh, you know we are huge Canon fans, and Austin Trunick did a great job on Volume 1. And you know what, Chad? Uh, rumor has it that he may be joining us here in the future on this very show. That sounds wonderful. So that, that is happening. Uh, speaking of podcasts, $2 late fee, our colleagues at the, the Geekscape Network going to be interviewing one of your favorites next month, Chad,
2: mm-hmm. Mr. Michael Paré. Yeah. I've got some, some real questions for Michael Paré. And, uh, you know, one of them would be the, about that quasi sequel to streets of fire, why, <laughs> why he did that, how he could let them actually like release produce that and put it, yeah. that out. Yeah. Release it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how anybody can go through that, but yeah, he's, uh, he's always been not, not always been a favorite actor of mine, but in recent years, I've grown to love him even more.
0: Yeah, I mean, Streets of and we we covered Streets of Fire. Yes, uh, so you could check that out in the archives. And speaking of movies that we checked or that we've covered, that you could check out in the archives, GI Joe the movie, the animated film, thirty five years old this year. It's getting it's going to be on the big screen, which would be a first because it never hit the theaters the first time around, Chad.
2: That's awesome. That's exciting. I, I can't wait to take my son to it. Are they like yeah, di- so is it like
1: digitally remastered? Or I wonder like how do I it look that big of a screen if they've come back? I, I would assume
0: so. It is one of the uh, Fathom events, June 23, June 25. So if you want to check that out in your area, uh, I know I've already secured my ticket for June 23rd. So I will I, be there. Also, as I of bought,
1: recording, today is the 20-year anniversary of Attack of the Clones.
0: Oh, oh that. That our is, Star Wars came out on this day yeah, 20 got, years ago.
2: I've got a great story about watching that at home one time, but I can't tell that
0: attack of the clones or GI Joe, the movie
2: attack, of the clones. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> it, it may, it may have to do with the syphilis. We didn't, we're not really sure. Uh, so there we go. So yeah, if you're, if you're a big GI Joe fan, like many of us are at the bulletproof action uh, staff, June 23, June 25, check it out. Fathom events. Uh, you can see if it's in your area. All right, guys uh we're gonna get into it now what we're here for released on july 29th 1983 is krull and ryan campbell this is a movie you up until this uh podcast had never seen before
1: yeah i definitely heard it referenced in just other um you know pop culture references in comedies or shows uh but never seen it so I, it was i it's always fun when it's like hey check this out you know i usually trust your opinion when you recommend something to me and it was enjoyable uh Crazy to note, though, that it came out the the same
0: year as Return of the Jedi. Yes. And and I think that could be part of the problem, why this movie didn't get the traction. You know, one of the, the theories about uh, going, we're going to relate this to wrestling as we often do. One of the theories about TNA and why that didn't really take off is because they pretty much started up immediately or as close to it as when WCW went down where if they maybe waited a few years, they would, you know, cause like when AEW started, it was like, there's people out there who think it's like the greatest thing on the planet earth, just because they want something that's not WWE start for an alternative. Yeah. they're still, so is they could do anything. They could take a shit in the ring and they'd be like, this is brilliant mm-hmm. creativity. That's and, art, uh, my friend. We love it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So I, I'm kind of wondering if Krull's kind of in that spot where maybe if it would have let Star Wars kind of die down and came out maybe in 85, would Krull have been able to be a, a bigger hit than it was at, at the box office?
2: What, do you, what say you, Chad Cruz? I don't know. Um, I, I think it probably definitely had an effect on it. I, what what month did Return of the Jedi come out? May. Okay, so yeah, it definitely had an effect on it. I'd say there was probably <laughs> still people lining up to see oh, it. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, especially um, back then, because you yeah. you weren't like, oh, th- we're going to go get this at Blockbuster. and No, right. that was... I mean, yeah. there were videos, but it wasn't that that way yet. It, you, you, I think, you, you you had to go, you had, and they would leave these big blockbusters in theaters for six months, and people right. would
2: still go. I think another problem that it has is the title of it. It's like, you know, what the hell is a crawl? Like, yeah. you, you don't know what it is until you see the film. And, right. And it it doesn't exactly jump off the screen. Even the no, movie itself does do a
1: great job of like, like describing exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Things. So
0: like, yeah. Until I re- I forgot why it was called Kroll. Yeah,
2: same. I was thinking it was someone's name. At some yeah, point. so did I. And
0: I'm like, oh no, it's it's the freaking planet.
2: Right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but we're about to spoil the whole damn movie. But yeah, so. This one It reminds me very much of like Dune, you know, like if you just watch Dune, you're like, what the hell is going on? What is a Dune? Where are they at? Who are these people? It's a lot less I...
0: pretentious than Dune.
2: It's, it's so... much less pretentious, yeah. but Thank yeah. that's but why it... I
0: watch it. Not that Dune crap. I like Dune. Whatever. Of course you do. You jerk. Uh, no, that's fine. It's, I mean you're because Walking was cast as the Emperor. You're more it's you're good. more hoity toity with your movies than I am, Chad Cruz. <laughs> am I? Yeah, oh yeah, you are. Okay. You like to throw out Kurosawa and shit like that. You uh, yeah, I'm you're like, right. And I, I'm like, I'm watching this uh, freaking PM Entertainment movie for the night. You're like, I'm
2: watching Death Wish three again. You better freaking
0: believe I'm it. Watching film of scale old. the Statue of Liberty.
2: Oh. I was, hey, you know, I was I was trying to get a joke in earlier, and I forgot. So I'm going to slide it in now. Uh, okay, you're talking about AEW and piles of shit in the ring, and I just my <laughs> mind instantly went to CM Punk. So oh,
0: thank you. Yes. No, sorry. I agree with you. That Thank fucking you. malcontent. <laughs> <laughs> so when well, your well, whole when your whole gimmick is I hate my last job that I left seven years ago, that's pretty He scary. hates his current he had job. A job. He
1: likes he would if wrestling could just be in an empty warehouse with just him and his buddies he would be thrilled because he does not like being famous or
2: I don't know. He didn't do much wrestling in the last seven years. He got his face punched in a few times, but um, <laughs> I just think he's a little bitch and he probably never deserved the fame that he had. So no, well, oh. hot I, takes. We're, we're delivering the
1: hot
0: takes today. It <laughs> has nothing to do with crow, but I, I'm going to agree with you, Chad. And I will go on this sidebar. Anytime anybody wants to come on here and shit on CM Punk, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, but let's now let's for real though, guys, for real. We're about 12 minutes in. For real now, we're going to talk Crawl Again, released July 29th, 1983. First thing you hear is James Horner's majestic score. And this thing is, I mean, this is a fantastic piece of music. And I think, you know, if we ever do soundtracks again, and spoiler alert, we will. I think James Horner has to be somebody we talk about, Chad, because this man had a, an amazing career.
2: Yeah, talk. We were talking about range earlier. Ryan said that with uh, Fred Ward, James Horner can can put together a score for a film in any genre, and and the moment it comes on with the screen, the, like the sound comes across the screen, you're like, holy crap! Like you're you're almost transformed and, tra- and 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 sent directly to some fantasy world, which is what you're supposed to be in a movie like this. So right. yeah, it works perfectly for it.
0: And, and you said the range, and part of the reason that you know, the Kroll kind of came back into my mind and my awareness was we covered commando earlier this year. And when we, after watching that movie, that, that soundtrack, which was done by James Horner with the steel drums and all that was in my head. So I put it on YouTube and then the next thing, you know, YouTube was starting to throw in Wrath of Khan music and Kroll. And then it's like, so yeah, I've just now like Kroll's like comes up on my playlist all the time now on YouTube. So fantastic music yeah and that's what starts it off
1: as someone who's coming into it of course you know with with those preconceived notions of star wars and kind of whether fair or not that's just where my comparison goes as i'm you know, right. watching it one of the first things as the movie started that gave it credibility to me was that score i was like oh dang this is a really good score and uh as you had mentioned before going over James horner's uh if we talk about it is is yeah the range is as much as I love John Williams, you know John Williams as soon as you hear it. It's it's mm-hmm. whether you're watching Jaws or Harry Potter or Star Wars or or Indiana Jones, it sounds like you know a John Williams score. Um, but yeah, Horner has got like a, a wide range. One of those ones, kind of like Danny Elfman, in a way, where sometimes you see that they scored a movie, and you're like, really? That's you know that's them because it sounds so different than other iconic themes that they've done.
0: Yeah, I think he did, like, American Tail, the uh Yeah, Goes things. West, yeah. Yeah, so oh, he's sure. like,
2: yeah, he's all over the place. How about that? I just watched that recently with my kids. Well, there you go. Yeah.
0: Chad Cruz being a, a responsible father.
2: And then we watched Hellraiser. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> there go. It you got
0: it. It's all about balance.
2: <laughs> Not really, but.
0: <laughs> As
1: all good things are, perfectly balanced.
0: <laughs> all right, so, yeah, we get the score. We got the opening credits. And the first look at the Glaive which we will come into play later as part of the the logo. Um, And something ominous is approaching. Oh, God. And it lands on Kroll, which, again, is the name of the planet where all this action is taking place. It's the Black Fortress, home of the beast and his army of slayers. And this is just like this giant rock formation that's floating in space at first. And you're like, what the hell is this, a rock spaceship? And it's a frickin' fortress that could travel through space and time.
2: Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, it's very vague, like much of *Crawl*. You don't really have... and there's, It's not like a movie full of twists and turns. The story doesn't really go a lot of different directions. It's pretty straightforward. There's bad guys. His name's the Beast, which is pretty generic. His guys are called Slayers. Pretty generic. He lives in the Black Fortress. Very generic. So not great numbers for me i don't love it
0: oh okay well there you go ryan campbell your your first thoughts on this uh, rock ship
1: yeah and and i think part of it is that's that's the way movies kind of were. a lot of the the lore parts of a lot of those films is all gets added later you know you kind of make it simple and and easy that everyone can understand and then if it catches on then you can dive in and start really digging into all the hows and whys or the Reasoning and how the ship works and all this sort of stuff, but again, just right off the bat, I was drawn to just the set design, and and uh, I really thought, you know, as we go further here going forward, the the set design and the locations and uh, all was really unique and impressive, and and some very large structures that they didn't seem like they they cheaped out on it. I don't think that you know we we compared it obviously to Return of the Jedi and hell maybe some of the effects aren't going to hold up as we go on. But in every other way, I think they definitely put the effort and, and resources into the film. It's not like they you know cheaped out on it.
0: And our first scene where we actually see people, it's we're going to have a royal wedding. So take that Chuck and die. We're going to have a royal ro- wedding. Uh, we've got the bride to be Lisa. Or is it Lisa? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Waiting for her intended Colwyn. Um, and now they're families, Chad, they've been rivals. So it's kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of Romeo and Juliet in there. yeah uh, The Montagues and the, the Capulets. Uh, but we've got, uh, yeah, these rival families are coming together because they know we've got some, we've got a problem here on this planet. and We need to unify these kingdoms.
2: Yeah, I love the thought process there. It's like, you know, the... The beasts and the slayers are, are, are in our are in our on our planet of Kroll. It's the name of the planet, mm-hmm. and the only way to defeat them is for our two children to bang each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, again another kind of
1: very much fantasy sci-fi trope, though. Is in a lot of sci-fi, like if all the nations of the world have come together c- to create one government, it's usually in response to some sort of extraterrestrial threat. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we should put all of our crap aside because we've got some bigger stuff to worry about.
0: Yeah, I and mean, I think you know, I th- even Lissa's father. It's like, well, we could just do it, you know, sign a treaty. But treaties could be broken. Where marriage should yeah. be last a lifetime. I think she in the fantasy world, it. and I mean, and yeah. obviously in actuality, a contract would probably be better than a uh, marriage in today's society. But this is not to- This is Kroll, not Earth. Something I appreciate yes.
1: there, though. It's the first time I think in a in a film I've ever seen the like powerful, uh dignified father against the marriage and the the daughter, the princess being forced to marry is the one who's like, no, let's right. do it.
0: All <laughs> right, yeah. She was all about Usually it's the other way, way around. Yeah.
2: yeah, they they flipped the script there a little bit. She was trying to get Dick down. And oh. I mean Colwyn, he rides in. I mean he's a stud. He's a stud muffin. I was talking <laughs> to Ryan before the movie. I said, you know, I'm kinda of surprised that uh Ken Marshall didn't get more roles or bigger roles after right. this. Because when I we were talking about 1983 and Return of the Jedi, when I look at Ken Marshall next to Mar, uh, Mark Hamill, I'm like, ugh. Like, to me, he's... He definitely kind of played it like Han
1: and Luke were just one character. Like he had a little yes, bit of both, And like a, like we were talking about it before, as I'm sure in his mind he thought this was going to be his Star Wars and that yeah. this was going to launch his career as that, as that franchise was winding down, that he was in on the ground floor for the next big thing.
2: And maybe it maybe it's the the style of action that they go for in this film, but it had very much like an Errol Flynn kind of feel to it to me, like a like he's very swashbuckling and you know, yeah, like yeah, they he, definitely yeah. leaned
1: in a little bit more, yeah, to the, to those elements of it and less into the kind of sci-fi spacey parts of it, which I thought was a good a good way to differentiate yourself.
0: And yeah, we get that first meeting, that the pre-wedding meeting between the the couple to be, um, and a uh, little some little romantic sparks there. Obviously, they're not going to get hot and heavy. This was a PG movie, Chad Cruz. Probably much And I do believe chagrin. that you probably wanted I... him to like rip her <laughs> clothes off or something.
2: I... Test drive her before he signed <laughs> up. I will. I will tell you that I I, I felt bad because I I did think she was she was very cute. Uh, Lysette Anthony, I believe her name is. Yes. Uh, she's adorable. Um, but I read somewhere that she was like 17 when they filmed this.
0: Oh, well that could be another good reason I a bit they kept enough.
2: things PG. Although this is and Hollywood in the eighties. So, you
0: know, yeah,
2: kind of... I, f- I felt bad about it. And I, I went on her IMDB page and I saw, um, a couple film titles that she was in, in the mid nineties. And I looked one up and it was definitely one of those like Cinemax ones.
0: Oh yeah. So
2: I, I skipped through that for a little bit and what? I, I got what I needed out of her.
1: <laughs> this wasn't a, um, this isn't a harvey weinstein picture right
2: i I hope not i hope not please god i hope not
0: all right so (laughs) Jay Cruz, uh, i'm I'm glad you put the effort into things it's called
2: research brain
0: i I understand yes you great job thanks for coming prepared um so yeah this wedding is going to take place at moonrise who says moonrise i guess that's what they say in, in crowland it's not sundown yeah. it's moonrise. also
1: fun note they mentioned two sons in, uh, yes at one point.
0: they do much like the famed tatooine that's right um but you know just as this ceremony is beginning here come the slayers and they're moving fast and uh the ceremony is uh taking place but these the slayers they could freaking
2: scale walls chad that was pretty cool you that may not very, think
0: the name yeah. is very unique, but that was a pretty freaking cool thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, when I think of Slayer, I think of some, you know, yeah, rock and ass metal what, music. What's your favorite Slayer song? That's what song? I think. Uh, God Hates Us All. Yeah, um, that's true. I uh the 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 wall scaling was like a ninja scene from like an old Hong oh. Kong movie. So I loved it. It was great. Yeah, so that,
1: that, a question. Did did they bring is it just on an evolutionary track on another planet, did horses just become the same thing or did they, when they got here where they're like, Hey, look at these things. And then they learned how to ride horses.
2: That's a good question. I wondered the same.
0: I need answers. I'd never wondered it. I was still probably going crazy cause they scaled the wall.
2: Well, they um, come out of like their, their weird mountain fortress saying, and they're riding horses. It's yeah. like very, you know, it's
0: but not the know. horses we're going to see later. No, those are different horses. All right. Well, all right. So they're they're in now, and uh, they take Lissa. Like, get her out. There's a secret passage out of the castle, but somehow the slayers apparently knew about this because they are uh, waiting for her, and uh, so she's captured. But now there's this big battle, and I this is this has got Chad Cruz written all over it. It's this kind of sword fight, this battle.
2: You love battle scenes, Chad. I. Sorry, my daughter's toy is going off. Yes, I do love big battles. Big breasts and big battles. That's my motto. <laughs> yeah, I believe
1: that's going to be in your tombstone, correct?
2: <laughs> my uh, – I, I, and it's probably my, one of my favorite scenes of the film is, is during this attack. Even though, you know, okay, we get the cool wall scaling and they're interrupting the wedding, which is also cool. Um, <laughs> because why else would you have a wedding at Moonrise if it's not going to be interrupted? Right. right? So – they interrupt the wedding. Uh, they have these weird like rifle spear thingies that like shoot and then they flip them over and then they use them as like spears. So the slayers at least have like cool designs and the sounds they make are awesome. I loved it.
0: Yeah. And Colin, you know, he gets, he gets the worst of a lot of this. I mean, his his bride is taken away. He's knocked out. His dad is killed. Um, slayers are setting fires as they leave and, it's a return to the Black For- Fortress like thieves in the night. And now, Ryan Campbell, we get a new character, kind of the Obi-Wan of this uh, this film.
1: Yep, that is the uh, the immediate place that I went uh, of thinking about that um, is, yes, that he uh, is definitely the Obi-Wan character, the wise old sage in the wilderness who's going to guide our, our young hero and, and teach him how to become... In this, in this instance, uh, a king as well as you know the hero is, while well, Luke isn't exactly a king, this is definitely going to uh, be his guide in this new world, and that is the Iner. classic Freddie Jones.
0: Yes, Aenor the old one. Uh, and First thing he does is just kind of patches up Colwyn, um, tells him that you know, Lys has been taken, but you can't reach her right now. She's at the Black Fortress, so that's kind of going to be the end goal. Um, oh, by the way, you're also the king. So, lot to lot for him to process, Chad.
2: It is, and you know, I, I, I honestly didn't even think about Obi Wan. I probably should have. Uh, I was thinking like Merlin. You know, he's Merlin. He's okay. got these w- wizardry skills. He comes in. He, he he pulls this guy up. Get you know, picks him up off the ground. That's pretty much what fixes Obi-Wan his is. wounds. And then he's gathering the troops around him. You know, his, his knights of the round table, essentially.
0: There, that's another good comparison, right there, Jack Cruz. I mean, you really came prepared this this week.
2: Yeah, do you, if you want the title of that mid '90s film. <sighs>
0: yeah, that, please. M- I'm M- sure. I mean, maybe I don't, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners can. I'll late. mention it for later. the research.
2: Stay Ooh. till stay tuned till the end.
0: Oh, that now, <laughs> you, now you're talking. You know how to get our uh, audience uh, to stay with us. Uh So, yeah, what? is colin gonna need to beat the beast well it's the glaive that we talked about at the beginning that amazing freaking weapon and now i remember watching crawl for the very first time i think it was at a sleepover my good friend jimmy back in the day he had rented this and we watched it and he had this nerf gimmick that was like three it wasn't like the glaive, but we pretended it was so we were outside (laughs) playing fucking crawl i mean because he had the nerf thing that we would throw and that's that's what I remember, but they should have marketed the glaive. They there should have been yeah. glaive toys. Oh, from Nerf. I mean, it'd be a fidget
1: spinner now. They really missed a, a right. marketing ploy nowadays that get to get crawled back into the consciousness is making uh, glaive shaped fidget spinners.
2: Yeah, know, attached to the blue. Yeah, that would have been nice. It's a cool weapon, and uh, you don't see it a lot, especially back then. But he just doesn't use it enough.
0: Well he's only supposed to use it he, I know he can only use it when the time is right. He can't overuse it. We did not we did not stick to that rule when we were playing no that's a We were whipping that thing back and it, you know, it didn't just have to be I think I was Cyclops and uh my Jimmy was a uh, Colin. But
1: uh Yeah, well, you know, I mean they it, did miss an opportunity for him to take out like twenty slayers by just throwing the thing right. in it because like, it, it yeah. and even you know, it didn't it's an easy gimmick to do because you don't have to like learn. It's not like a sword or something where your, your star right. has to learn how to do the complicated.
0: Yeah. It sizing. pretty much does it. It pretty much it does throw it. Play. Yeah. You
1: throw it. And then everybody like, Oh, falls down as it flies by <laughs> them. And you do it in post. <laughs> like it would be so easy.
2: Well, maybe that's why it, they didn't use it.
0: It might be easy to use, but it was not easy to get. He had to uh, climb. That's there was rock slides. He had to climb with his bare hands, reach the top and then it's kind of the glaive cave is what I called it yeah. and he gets there it was and, a really uh,
1: well done sequence too I feel like the the effects there and it, it'd be easy like to have like a rock side or a mountain side look super cheesy uh, you know yeah. if you're filming it on a set but uh, you know the background that was matted in looked real good I thought it was, it was a really cool sequence I really enjoyed the sequence
0: and then we kind of we get to catch up with Lissa who's the beast wants to marry her now Chad
2: yeah does he know she's 17 is the question. Uh, I don't
0: think somebody named the beast is no. going to give two shits about that. that, uh, that that's why he's the villain. That's oh. why he's the
2: villain. It could yeah. be. We got. Yeah. Double if, yeah. Madness. She
0: could get. Yeah. Who would get in more trouble?
2: <laughs> Bad. Her Either or way, him? Now that's forbidden love. This is too much that's for me. That's double
0: forbidden love.
2: Yeah. This was not in the other movie I saw her in. Okay. But she, this, uh, yeah, he's going to marry her. And I'm assuming, you know, because she's like a, princess or whatever she is he's trying yeah. to like hey i'm gonna be the new king i better find me a,
0: a right i want a royal bride yeah royal blood yeah so now we find out that you know part of the reason the black fortress is so difficult to get to and to get into is the thing moves every day which is another unique feature for a like bad guy headquarters yeah uh, I, mean, I hate moving by the way brilliant uh, well the whole but if you, you could just move your whole house uh, it wouldn't be i mean i understand what you're saying you got to pack everything up
2: pack all your shit up pack all ask, this
0: shit up into one house and then take it to another yeah. house
2: ask all your friends to help you move right you know, like god damn and,
0: you, and you have none so that really sucks for you uh, uh So then, yeah. And then you got to unload all that and put it in this other house. But what if your whole house like, all right, we're moving to another city and the whole house just went up. Everything went together. That would be a lot easier.
2: The last time I moved brain, uh, about three and a half years ago, my, my entire family was out of, out of the state. They were all gone. And I said, I got, I got this. So I packed everything up. I got hammered drunk, uh, (laughs) I I was just shit faced. I was packing and drinking beer all day long, and uh, people were coming into my house to, like measure things, and I was just shit faced. There's beer cans everywhere. The next morning, I woke up with a nasty hangover and moved my entire house to my new house. Amazing. I know.
0: Uh, that that's that's a story you could tell your grandchildren.
2: There's some <laughs> heroic shit there that we don't talk about enough. And, no, we and, really
0: don't, and probably for good reason. You know, true, I, earlier true. I said you were keeping people to the end. I think you just lost some. All right, there you go. All right, so the Black Fortress moves every day, never in the same place twice. That be that? I don't know if that they may not stay around for long. Um, so they're going to need the power of the vision to tell them where the black fortress will be whenever uh, this is kind of, you probably don't want to think about it too much because it could be, I don't it, So never, they need the vision to tell them where it's going to be when they're, when they have the troops or when they're ready to do what they got to do. Yeah. It's well, It works. That's
1: fine. Fantasy things move like that. You got to you know, travel to yeah. point a to learn, a, to learn
0: point B. Right.
1: That's typical fanfare.
0: All right, and here's another little typical type thing they like to throw in there because we get some comic relief now from Ergo the Magnificent. Ryan Campbell, he's kind of, he's almost a little bit of C-3PO. Uh, that's who I kind of felt. Yeah, definitely. C-3PO.
1: Definitely, and, uh, and it was one of those ones where as soon as he popped up on screen, and uh, me and Chad were talking about this, was I knew I knew him from somewhere, and I went to the IMDb, and I couldn't find what it was from. None of the movies on there jumped out to me. Um, It felt like it was Willy Wonka and Chad had mentioned Willy Wonka. So perhaps it was that, or maybe I was thinking I've just, you know, he just looked like he could fit right into a Monty Python film. So maybe I'm just assuming he was from Monty Python, but yeah. Uh, Well, even beyond that though, even more than comic relief, as we learn later in the picture, he actually does have a pretty good heart and has some redeeming, really heroic moments
0: in the film. He does. And, but at first he turns himself into a goose. So yeah, you know, that, accidentally. That, yeah. Accident, yeah. He, he thinks he's going to turn Colin into a goose, but uh, he doesn't he's not as magnificent as he may proclaim Chad Cruz.
2: No, but that's still a cool name. You know, ergo the magnificent. Uh, and for, at this point in, in the movie, most of these guys don't have cool names. No. So <laughs> I, that's like the one that I remember. Actually I, couldn't, I didn't even remember Colin's names. name. I was going through the
0: IMDB
2: and I'm like, I can't, these names are crazy. (laughs) I can't even say them. I'm like, all right, I know the, the broad and ergo. That's the two I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was doing like when I was writing these notes down and then I'm like, I had pretty much everybody's name spelled wrong until I cleaned (laughs) it up. Like Enir, I did not spell with a Y and YR. So I could tell you that. But yeah, so they, they meet ergo and they say, Hey, you know, you should probably travel with us. At first he's like, no, but then he kind of sees the Cyclops in the, in the woods, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I think I will come with you after all, gentlemen.
2: So it is like the Odyssey. Okay. Cyclops, right?
0: Yep. See how learned you are, Chad? <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, like
2: that.
0: Now, though, we, we get Now we're, so we're not going to do this one by one where we're just going to add what. We're gonna get a whole pack of guys now, because they run into a, a group of bandits led by Torquil. There's another great name, uh, and they, you know, they're gonna ambush. They're they're bandits. They're gonna probably rob these guys, if not worse. These are not oh good God. people.
2: What do you mean by that? Kill them. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> what did you think I meant? I
2: don't know. What's worse than I, being I robbed, know. being killed? I am getting raped.
0: Okay, you, of course you you got you, you need to calm down over there. You sick son of a! All right, so, Colin, you reckon, oh, you guys are you, you guys are prisoners. He sees their shackles. See, he's, but he's excited because he's like these men are these are desperate men, and I we're in a desperate situation That's and right. desperate times. Call for desperate men and desperate means and desperate this and desperate housewives. I don't know, but listen. He shows him he's the king. Cause he's got the keys. Cause I guess the King has the key to all shackles. I never knew that. Is that something uh, common? Chad Cruz.
2: I'm pretty sure that, that, yeah, that that's common even here on earth.
0: Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: When you look,
1: when you get like the key to the city, it's, it's actually a very little key that can open any shackles anywhere in the city. <laughs> that's how it
0: works.
2: Oh. Just right. shackles,
0: not doors, but shackles. Yes. Well, that's an interesting uh, development that I did not know. Uh, so since he proves he's the king, uh, we get, he gets a whole army. Like, just like that, he's got an army, including Keegan, played by the one and only Liam Neeson. And I have to imagine this was the first time I ever saw Liam Neeson in my life when I watched Kroll way back when.
2: He was in uh, Excalibur. All right, well, I
0: didn't see Excalibur way back then, Chad. I oh did see Kroll, though.
2: Okay, well, it probably was then.
0: And even so for be, me, I'm for, not saying for everyone, but for me, for being so long ago, too, he still
1: has that Liam Neeson kind of charm. Like you can definitely see in the way yeah. he plays the character uh, that's in there, like, you know, even as far back as then. So,
0: And once again, the Cyclops is watching uh, with creepy. his one eye.
1: And his lifeless face because of the prosthetics that are put on. Yeah. He just yeah. stiffly walks around like the entire film, not being able to move his face or his head because all the
2: Every, makeup. Go back and watch when people try to hand him things. Yeah. It's like really confused because you you know he can't see shit, so he's like <laughs> he just puts his arm his hand out and they like yeah they try to they like clumsily fumble the object around. It's pretty good.
0: So and and Colwyn knows that the Cyclops has been watching. A lot. I mean, he just knows everything. He's he's cooler than the other side of the pillow, and and he also knows that the Cyclops and the Slayers are longtime enemies, which can only benefit them, I suppose. Is what he's right. saying. Right, that's right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. I you know I feel like I recently used that. Oh well, yeah, I did. It was with Eric Bischoff, and hating on CM Punk. Going back to and that. Bring it back yes. around. Um, but no, I'm I'm okay with Harry Bischoff now. But back in the day, he he was definitely an enemy of mine. He joined the empire, so it's good. You, you better believe he did. All right, so, uh, now we're gonna go see the seer,
2: Chad Cruz, and they have to walk through a rock. Yeah, how crazy is that? That's pretty crazy. I've never done that before.
0: <laughs> neither, neither have I. Ron Gamble, oh, want to no. chime in on that? No. Did you?
2: Rock
1: and
0: walk through a rock. I Maybe walked around you know, them, so... maybe over
2: them, but never through them. You know, we, we've we got like our Obi-Wan guy. We've got like Ergo. We've got like four or five characters in this movie who have some sort of like magical uh, vision seer abilities. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe less of that would have been better.
0: Ooh, maybe you're right. I
2: think the seer is
1: definitely the Yoda if I had to choose one, as being okay. Like, he's even like a little old man, and he, he even has a green thing on and he kind of reveals the greater, you know, kind of mystery, maybe to help guide him on this
0: further. In, in his the, of course the irony that he can has these visions, but he himself is blind. Isn't that something?
1: Very classic, very classy, <laughs> uh, medieval, you know,
0: <laughs> right. Tale. He can't see what's right in front of him, but he can
1: see, magically it's like a uh, game of thrones the uh the three-eyed raven is blind but it can see everything
0: amazing so we get there but the beast chad cruz has got some freaking strong-ass powers because he yeah. knows this damn seer is trying to see what he doesn't want him to see so he like reaches out from the freaking thing and stops it
2: yeah it's it's uh it would be unsettling if you didn't expect it to happen
0: and I'm, no one did. Who could have? Who could have called that?
2: Well, you know, it's pretty early in the film to kind of get all your questions answered. That's true. But, but yeah, they they, they then they decide like, well, we have to go to this other magic temple. Yeah, if we go to the, the Emerald, Emerald Temple, the Beast's yeah. power can't. So why doesn't the Seer just live in the
0: Emerald Temple?
2: I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe you know, the Beast is is new new in town. Man, rent and so, rent
1: rent's crazy right now. That's that's rent
2: fine. is out of control.
0: <laughs> all right. Well. So the temple at the the Emerald Temple, of course, conveniently also to throw in a little Yoda, is in the middle of a swamp, where three trees grow as one. Take that for what you will. Um, they cram guess they what three Star Wars movies into one movie? Is that what that is? Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, but the uh, there's they're slayers in the damn swamp, Chad. The slayers are there waiting for him.
2: Yeah, they just kind of pop up out of the out of the muck. And uh yeah, I mean, luckily at this part point in the movie, colwyn has got his army of guys. Uh, so they do a pretty good job of fighting off the slayers. And you get to hear, you know, when the slayers get killed, they just kinda like melt into this shit and they're like guts just it's like the the creature inside of them just like squirms out. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's almost like they're like
1: these exoskeletons, like yeah, like independence day or something and there's this little brain thing in the head that squirms out. I don't know. It was a cool effect though. Props for them, you know, finding a way to work that in. I liked it.
2: You know, one of the things I like about him, probably most about the slayers is they're, they're not like pushovers. They're not, you know, Colwyn doesn't just go up and start killing them like left and right. Like he has a very hard time fighting one slayer, um, which is probably good. Why he doesn't just pull his glaive out and start winging it. Everybody. Um, but yeah, the, the Slayers aren't, aren't little pussies. They, they fight back and it takes like 10 of those rapists to kill. <laughs> they're not, they're bandits, not rapists.
1: Let's be honest. If this was accurate, they probably would have also been rapists. It's, thank you. Thank you. Red Dead Redemption's taught me all bandits are rapists.
0: <laughs> but the Cyclops finally gets the action in here. He's, he's kind of the Chewbacca. Yep, there you go. He's
1: the Chewbacca. uh, The he's maybe a little bit more. You know, I don't know if he would rip someone's arms off if they lost a a game, but uh, he definitely has this reserved, quiet strength, and we see that on display here. That he is definitely an asset to the team. uh, You know, beyond just some of his ways of knowing, you know, the lay of the land, but also just brute strength.
2: And. And you mentioned uh, Ergo being C-3PO. Little Titch has got a lot of R2-D to it. He does, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, they have Especially
0: a, once they kind of team up.
2: Yeah. They have a little thing there, those two of them, too. Friendship.
0: Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> I What? Where you've been going, don't say things like that. <laughs> do not say things like that.
2: Your mind's in the gutter, man.
1: I do like how they bring him to the final battle. Like, yeah,
0: sure, come on, kid.
1: Well, that's
0: that's he becomes the fam yeah, that's his family what are they going to leave him out in the
1: desert stash them somewhere for 20 minutes while they ran in and finished this thing
0: <laughs> 20 minutes i didn't know it was going to take 20 minutes all right so we we cut so once cyclops comes in and does what he does really evens the odds and he's like okay now we know for sure he is on the the side of the guys um we get back to Lissa and she's just kind of wandering around in this black fortress. And there's some trippy hallways in here. Chad Cruz. I mean, they're like, they close up and they move on their own and there's no escape for her.
2: Yeah. And it, you know, it kind of makes sense that the, the, you know, the the entire fortress itself moves every day. So now the inside is like a freaking, you know, uh, yeah. 80s. Well, and it makes sense too, because
0: this thing was flying. Too. So it was like yeah. in a different. different so, like, it would have to shift because, I mean, everybody just.
2: Oh.
0: oh that's a dog's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine had to chime in <laughs> for some reason. Um, yeah. I mean, so obviously, yeah, it must move because otherwise, I mean, all the contents inside would be flying or flying <laughs> shit all everywhere. Over the place because, you know, that's going sideways and then it goes upright and then, yeah. It's uh, something special. The
1: beast right. like never find now. his keys. I remember thinking those hallways looked like an ear canal.
0: Very good, yes. That's a that's a good description for those who may have never seen this fine film. Um, so, we go back to the swamp. Our heroes are now dealing with quicksand, for Christ's oh, sake. They cannot fun. catch a break here. And to get even worse, a new character is introduced that looks a lot like a current character... The changeling, who uh, makes himself look just like the seer, so now we have a doppelganger seer, Chad.
2: Oh, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, you already had to <laughs> you know, walk the seer around everywhere. But now, and now there's a, and you know what? This doppelganger like just fucking shanked him, just like yeah, him there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: so he's dead. Uh, and now you're just kind of waiting for old <laughs> doppelganger to kind of screw him over. So it, it was a cool move.
0: And yeah, and it, it doesn't take long for him to try to screw them over. But the
2: Changeling um, is a terrible name, by the way.
0: It Again, yes, we've talked about the the weak naming. Perhaps it's just in their planet or their dimension, wherever they're from.
1: It's just too hard to pronounce the names. So we just gave them just very generic things so we could easily understand. Yeah.
0: So yeah, um, and Cyclops is actually, again, saves the day because he saw the... the d- the dead seer. So he knew that the changeling was bullcrap. So he kills him. Uh, Titch, we mentioned young Titch. He's devastated because that was seer was his family. That's, that's all he knew. Um, and now he's kind of been adopted by Colin and, and this crew um, and ergo. And this is where you were talking earlier, uh, Ryan, where he starts showing he has a heart, you know, cause all Titch wanted was a puppy. I've got one he can have, actually. Um, the puppy? <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> so he turns himself into a puppy for Titch's benefit. So
2: sweet. It's very cute, yeah.
0: So now we are going to, now that the seer is dead, we can't get into, we've got to go to the Widow of the Web. That's the our last chance of getting the vision that they need. Um, and Enir happens to know her, and we find out, that he knows her quite well.
2: Oh, he knows yeah, her. intimately, in fact. He, uh, he was, yeah, he, he and her used to be an item and, uh, yeah, he ran out on her and then she became some weird spider lady. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know why. (laughs) Um, and then he shows up and you know, she's got all this old makeup on to make herself look old. I mean, she's old, but it's a young woman. And then he's like, let me see you as I saw you before. And then she kind of like turns in front of me. He's like, holy shit, you you were super hot. What was I thinking? What
0: was I thinking?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he is a troll looking dude. He is not a good looking (laughs) man. So he is like, I immediately regret this decision. Um, But no one is allowed to leave, you know, the, the place where the widow of the web lives. So alive. So he gets uh, the information that he needs and sneaks down to Colwyn to tell him the information and then promptly dies.
0: Yeah. The, this, when the sands and the hourglass run out, you're dead. So he just had the sand like in his hand, didn't he? And that was. That
2: I felt right? like she was like, if you drop this, you're dead.
0: Yeah. And I think he was losing. Par- you know, how, you can't hold. You can't hold sand. have put it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, baggy. Also, she casually like, at dropped
1: least the- in there that she like they had a son and she killed it.
2: Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, she's going to take it
0: like that. Like, oh That,
2: that, throw that, 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 that took here. a that took a Very much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a bit rough. Um But yeah, he does. He gets the message and they know where it's going to be, but how it's going to be in the Iron Desert. It will pop up in the Iron Desert. But how the hell do you get from where they are to the Iron Desert in time? Well, good old Cyclops, he knows how. Oh yeah. Frickin' fire mayors son of a
2: bitch. <laughs> you know Fire Mayors sounds like a cool, like uh like a like they open for Slayer. Like a football team name, oh, okay. like the the you know, the Chicago Fire Mares or something. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be Maybe
0: cool. uh USFL or XFL should have thought about that. And
2: that's another you know, Chicago Fire, Chicago Fire Mares. That's that's Oh yeah. You know, it's got history, it's got all kinds of stuff there. It's a good,
1: good, name good name for it. as much as we talked about, about the that. names of this film. They nailed it with that one.
2: They did.
0: They really did. And uh, so they get on these fire mares. And this is, you know, I think where you kind of mentioned earlier uh, that some of the effects didn't quite hold up. This would probably be one of them. But, I mean, I think back in the day I thought that was probably pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. When, when those those horses started going in the fire underneath them. That wasn't even Especially. the worst.
1: I, I, the Probably the worst in the film is the the morphs from you know animal to person, or when okay. the, the yeah. widow and transferred from old to new. But even those, you know, they're kind of endearing and fun for how they had to do things back then. So, you know, I, yes. I, I didn't hold it against the movie too much with the effects because I think they're. It seemed like they tried to find creative ways to pull the stuff off for being in the you know, the budget and with the constraints they had. So I give them points for trying. It was good.
2: It's funny because you know they could have. The fire mare is like, okay, it's it's kind of, it's a silly idea. They just ride these horses that, like, go super fast. But she could have been like, they're like, where's the fortress going to appear? She's like, actually, it's like two miles away. Like, it's right around the corner. You only have to go. <laughs> like, you could probably see it right now if you look. right? Um, but instead, they're like, no, they're these horses. And then somewhere out there, some, like, producer on the movie is like, holy shit, now i got to find, like, Twenty fucking horses, and train them. Because I read something on the trivia, that like they had they spent like months trying to train these horses,
1: and they had to light them on fire. It's just different. And
2: they had to light them on fire. They oh went God! For Ten
1: horses before they decided to just do it in post. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: God! It's so expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that is true. Um, and, and Cyclops, for whatever reason, like, no, I, my time is about to come. I can't go with you guys.
2: And they're like all right later dude <laughs> yeah
0: and that was kind of an odd situation especially because it doesn't take like not five minutes later he's like you know yeah. what if i'm going down <laughs> i'm he's going kidding. down in a blaze of glory i'm gonna help you guys out because i'm a and, team player i'm friggin' cyclops
2: so. he's been the mvp like so he far. really
0: is and i th- again i think when we were playing outside i I've, I've thought i picked the coolest character to be you could be calling all you want jimmy I'm gonna be Cyclops because he's awesome and he does all the good shit. I'm gonna save your ass like 15 times.
1: Yeah, and have all the answers to every problem that comes up.
0: Exactly. Exactly. My guess so probably was, was some.
1: I would imagine this is probably one of those films where there is like a six-hour cut of it, and there was probably some sort of
0: <laughs> side yeah.
1: story or side yeah. quest that maybe give us a little bit more of an idea as to why he, you know, couldn't be with them, but it probably ended up just getting cut. and Not as much. Uh,
0: yeah, sense. that is a good point, and I'm surprised we have not gotten in, in today's world of blu-rays and special editions and this and that that we have not gotten a, a more crow in some fashion
2: you know maybe if it had been made in you know 1993 it probably you know back then they might have you know whatever studio made this they might have gotten rid of all that crap you know that's true too some of those old movies they just trashed all that extra footage
0: i did that is unfortunately
1: true. Was it a pretty um, like big thing when it came out? I mean, you mentioned that you obviously, if kids were running
0: around and playing and
1: had toys, that's usually a well, good time. I, You know,
0: I, I'm not going to say I was a normal kid. He either. was
2: weird for sure. So,
0: but uh, you know, it was again. I remember hearing of it, but I didn't like want to rush to the theater to see it. But I when you know he had rented it, I'm like, oh yeah, I know about this movie, at least somewhat. But yeah. Yeah, I was a weird kid, so and, I'm a weird adult. So, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I don't. it wasn't a huge thing, no. I mean, it had a video game. And I think, wasn't it rumored that they were going to have toys, Chad?
2: I think so. I think at one point they were going to make toys. I think that the uh, initial box office is what scared away all the yeah. toy companies. Yeah. I'm surprised and, you know, that they
1: didn't get the toy deal lined up first. I mean, you know, because obviously Star Wars toys kicked off, you know, at that point, all the toy companies were trying to be like, "What's what's the next license or the next product for us right. to get onto?" I would have thought
0: they could have sold that, you know. Well, and I, did Clash of the Titans have something to do with that? Because I think they had toys before the movie came out, but I don't recall. I don't know that they were like a hot seller at the time.
2: And it's it's weird too because this movie, uh, Peter Yates directed it, and he did like uh, Steve McQueen's Bullet and Murphy's War, and and he did some movies that are like. Legitimate action adventure films. So he make so now he's making like this fantasy movie. It's uh, it's not for children, but it's basically like a you know a a kids movie. Yeah. So it for a legitimate director like that who you know just freaking made Bullet. uh, It's kind of a weird direction for him to go. It's probably one
1: of those things where they were trying to just please everybody, and they thought, hey, we'll we'll do Star Wars but we're going to get like a renowned director, you know, that's like done some yeah. big stuff to do it. And then but we'll also we got to make everything catered to kids and and trying to please everyone it just kind of ended up being like a
2: mashup. And it's a it's a perfect film for toys. I mean, you slay you could buy 30 slayers and Yeah,
0: that that's the one thing I thought about. I was yeah. like you would just have to buy is <laughs> Because they're, they're the only oh, bad guys. The fortress yeah, as a playset. I mean, players.
1: if you're not going to already use your Castle Grayskull, you can just, you know. Right.
2: That,
0: right.
1: That seems like a perfect playset set to get. And horses. And yeah. All
2: kinds you of could have like Colwyn, Cyclops, and maybe two or three of the rapists. And that's it.
0: <laughs> Therapists? The Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> Bandits! All right. So Cyclops gets him in. The glaive gets Colwyn to the, you know, Cohen, when you think about it is really a fantastic leader because he delegates the hell out of everything does. Oh, yeah. cyclops does most of this the glaive does a lot of the work he's got the technology <laughs> to do the work for him he is a freaking fantastic leader they also they're giving their lives for him too but that right he's convinced out he's, of this thing yeah he's convinced he's got yeah we'll come along with.
2: Him. he's we, using child labor i mean it's perfect
0: yeah he's got he's got this thing covered um so yeah, the glaive gets him to listen. There's a tale. They're they're reunited, um, and she's like saying, "Okay, if you're gonna take on the beast, you probably want to get away from the center of the fortress because that's where he's most powerful." Thanks yeah. a lot for that tip. Um, and so, but then, like to your what you said earlier, Chad, Once the glaive does what it needs to do, goodbye,
2: glaive. Yeah. So yeah, now... so maybe maybe it's a good thing he didn't just use it in the swamp and be like, ah, <laughs> right. shit. Cuz oh, he I was... wasted it. I got to climb the mountain again. The Cyclops
0: could have just done that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it does what it needs to do. It doesn't return, um, but Ryan Campbell Love conquers all.
1: That's right. Yeah, and and the power of a wedding couple that didn't get to consummate their marriage. That's that's the that's the real power here.
0: I think Huey Lewis said it best. That's the power of love um chad cruz what did you think of this solution to kill the beast
2: uh it's kind of lame <laughs> um, it definitely seemed like
1: they were limited with the way they were predict the, the way they were kind of doing the beast as to how they were gonna be able to finish it off i mean
2: i it seems like they had the obvious answer was he already said he could take any form he could have just taken a human form yeah and had a fight with colwyn uh, like I would have just been like, oh, I would t- I'm taking the form of your father. Now you have to fight your father to the death. I'm no. like, oh shit, that would have been a cool, very Luke Skywalker Darth Vader thing uh, to wrap up that Star Wars gimmick.
0: Or just and be another Conwin, like a evil version. Effects wise, I don't like know like Garth could do that. Garth Knight and Michael Knight.
2: <laughs> he could uh...
0: he'd been clean shaven. They could flip it. He's the clean shaven, and the bearded guy is the good guy, which is usually the flip. Yeah,
2: right. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, he, he uses the Glaive, so you get to see the Glaive in action. That's cool. But, yeah, the Beast himself is just, like, a weird villain, and he's just, like, this big uh, thing in the background. And maybe,
0: again, maybe that's what scared the Toy Cubs. Like, you don't have enough bad guys. Maybe, yeah. They're you like, want, you, you're expecting people to buy 50,000 of these same Slayers?
2: Yeah, and here's one, uh, you know, two-and-a-half-foot-tall <laughs> evil villain that you got to buy. He's called the Beast.
0: Right. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could have used the widow of the web as a bad guy, but I mean, come
2: on, yeah, man. lame. What's she gonna do? You could buy this. And probably she, woman, maybe
0: their giant spider would be, but
2: yeah, uh, this child murdering woman, this blind old man, and these six rapists. You can buy all these toys on your shelf today. Enjoy your kids. You know,
0: do we? I think we skipped over the fact that uh, Liam Neeson's character had like. Six or seven wives. All and that's like, like right. his
2: only thing in the film is that he's like got a ton of wives.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that was an interesting part, but yeah, ever, you know, the love conquers all, everything is right in on crawl. Uh, Torkill like becomes the marshal for the King because he's him. And I think Titch and or who is the, who's the other younger. He's kind of more like the teenage.
2: Yeah. The, Yeah, I don't remember his name. I can't remember Probably something weird. Make one up. Plucky Rogue. Plucky Plucky Rogue. Rogue. He survives.
0: Yeah, so not many make it uh, at the end, but uh, you know what? At least the Beast and the Slayers have been slayed and uh, all as well on Crow once more. Final thoughts. Your first time watching it, Ryan Campbell. What did you think?
1: Yep, as much as, you know, obviously I couldn't get away from the comparisons to all the different kinds of things, even beyond just Star Wars, but Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, even... uh, Destiny, this video game I play, which has glaives and you're constantly on quests. Uh, I enjoyed the film, and like I said, I think I I'm able to, like, I enjoyed it. I the context of the time and the restraints they had, I think, kind of gave me a understanding of why they did things the way they had to do it. And I always enjoy kind of watching the way they used to do things. But not not that CGI is easy. It definitely isn't easy, but it does just provide like a yeah, you hire somebody, you tell them what you want, and they create the effects. The idea of doing things on set and even the, the final battle with the beast where, you know, it's a rear projection of a person, but they made it bigger and he's interacting with it. So I enjoyed all that. I love the story. I love the adventure. Some fun characters. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I definitely if I would have watched it as a kid, I would have been super into it.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely was, and again, every time I revisit it, and it's not that often, but you know, every so many years, I, I will revisit it, and I enjoy it. But then there are the things that, that we kind of covered in here, Chad, that you realize why it probably didn't do that well, and pro- why we didn't get more crawl.
2: Yeah, and it it is one of those fun movies where you know, it's kind of like your paint by numbers fantasy movie. You know, they're going on a quest to save the girl from the bad guy who's got really got no backstory. And it, it, you know, like like Ryan said, if we had gotten more crawl, if we got crawl part two or crawl chapter three, that, you know, follow of the rapists, like <laughs> it would have been, there would have been all kinds
1: I don't like think there would have been toys of, for that one.
2: Eh, maybe, depending on the year. Uh, there would have been all kinds of backstories that we probably could have gotten or, you know, why are the Slayers and the Beast like trying to invade crawl? What the hell is crawl? There, there's a lot there, but. As a fun uh, fantasy adventure movie, I mean, I i watched it not that long ago, maybe last year, and I I've remembered very little from it, um, which is usually a bad thing. But it's good for a rewatch. So yeah. when I rewatched it just recently, I was like, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about this. And I like I like Ken Marshall a lot as the lead, and I and you mentioned it a minute ago, like he's a great delegator. he is awesome as a delegate. He's not he's not the Mary Sue. Like he doesn't just like instantly. He's not awesome at everything. He doesn't like just destroy all these slayers and kick everybody's ass. And like, he kind of needs help. And if he didn't have the Cyclops and all the other guys there, he would be totally screwed. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fun flick.
1: Did it do a too good of a job or or too much of a job wrapping up the story, not giving us any kind of cliffhanger or, I mean, even in star Wars, we see Vader flying off. We know Vader's still out there. So while the Death Star is blown up and we don't even know the emperor exists yet. Uh, there's there's some element there that's still out there, and it keeps things going. Like it's almost like did they do too good of a job of wrapping it all up that they kind of killed themselves for never, you know,
0: getting yeah this one and done. Colin isn't like Luke Skywalker; he takes no. care of the business right away. Don't <laughs> oh, need you... nine thousand years worth of movies to. to and I
2: bet he out. was taking care of business later that night. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. That is our long-awaited, by at least the three of us. <laughs> podcast on crawl took us a while to, to get here but here we are and uh you know where you should be people listening you should be on bulletproofaction.com each and every day something new one of our recent features chad Cruz, earlier this month soundtracks mm-hmm. for may the 4th a, a new feature we mentioned that earlier that was hard that, that will probably be coming back and i know ryan you just were in in uh, bulletproof action heaven Talking about that, I I wanted
1: to do for the anniversary like the top like forty five <laughs> <laughs> songs because I probably could have dug that. Uh, oh, deep easily,
0: absolutely. I mean, I mean, with as many movies as there have been, I mean, and just, I mean, honestly, you could probably get close to forty five out of the original trilogy. I mean, John Williams is a master, and in, in most of his work was what was on that top ten. But you could check that out. But more Star Wars is coming our way ryan campbell yes i'm very excited we got obi-wan coming up a two episode premiere in the 27th the
1: first two episodes they pushed it back a few days because they want to premiere the first two episodes at star wars celebration which is like the big convention that's going on later this month so we'll have two episodes and uh yeah really looking forward to it They're, they've been doing press tours and saying all the nice things you and and hayden back together but uh yeah it's going to be a very big moment in the star wars fandom and i'll definitely be there to have it all covered
0: That's what we like to hear. And uh, you can check out that and much more on BulletproofAction.com. Of course, we also encourage you to check out our social media at BulletproofAction on Instagram and on Facebook and at BulletproofPod on Twitter. And I'm going to have something special because while we were doing this podcast, and we mentioned him earlier at the top of the show, my dog Remo took a Road Warrior Hawk (laughs) little action figure and made a custom A-Meal from RoboCop out of it. Oh,
1: no. So yeah. uh,
0: I will uh, take okay. a picture and share that on the social media uh, for all to see. Was it, a Bend- was it the Bendum, or was it a Hasbro at LJN? It, it or was, it was it? one of those little mini Hasbros that were for, like, some kind of rumble ring or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will... Uh, so not the worst. Like, not, not like a... No, it's, like, it's why it was, like, loose where he could get it. It okay. wasn't one of the ones
2: behind glass where he cannot get to
0: things and that's why things have been put behind glass now because
2: exactly. i have a, a puppy in the house I, and bray i shouldn't have to say this don't don't hurt the dog Dad. i did not hurt the dog i don't
0: i walked away when you were talking about rapist or something and I, cause <laughs> I saw him he that he had it on the other side of the room i'm like well that doesn't look like something he should be eating and I like, oh, it's Road Warrior Hawk. Don't pull a Widow of the Web. I'm not going to do that. I will not. Okay. okay. I, I love the dog, despite the fact that I think he hates me. Um, yeah, he probably. So, does. What he's saying is he didn't get that Road Warrior pop. It was. It was... No, I just was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's not good. So, yeah, again, Bulletproof Pod on Twitter. Next time out, we're talking Iron Eagle. The Toy Man will be back whoop, whoop. with us uh, as we prepare for the upcoming. Maverick, Top Gun. We're we're, we're going to fly our own path. I'm really, I'm
1: looking forward to that one because I know your thoughts on Iron Eagle versus Top Gun. So that should be a interesting podcast. Everyone should listen to. Uh,
0: I I'm excited for it. Chad Cruz. Anything you want to uh, leave us with?
2: Uh, I'm a Top Gun guy myself, so I'm, I know you I'm, are. I haven't watched Iron Eagle in years,
0: and that's why you fail.
2: So I I'm going to rewatch it here within the next two days, and. I'm going to be coming at you with some fresh takes, some, oh, fresh, some hot takes, hot crispy, takes. buttery, fresh takes. And I can't guarantee that you and I are going to be on the same page. And I want, I know we're I, not going to be, I don't want this to come between us. I know that you and I have been best friends for what years now, best friends. Um, and I don't want this to break up our relationship because C3PO R2D2, it's basically you and I at this point. And I, okay. and Ryan, Ryan's Luke, <laughs> uh,
0: Who's
2: yeah, Toyman? I'll take it. Del Rizian. He's, he's Han Solo, dude.
0: Oh, yeah. He's cool. That's true. All right. Well, that's going to be next time. Iron Eagle. So stay tuned right here. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And yeah, like I just said, stay tuned for more of the Birdie Podcast.